morning. <clears throat> is this not working? Is, I, is it? I can't hear. Alright. Good morning. Hey. We got some team shirts out there. That's good. Very good. Well, this is Team Sunday. And uh, we're going to start with a video about Tim Tebow. I'm going to use him as our guy today. All right? Tim Tebow is controversial simply because he injects religion into just about everything he does. After Tim Tebow would do anything on the field, he would take a moment, kneel, and pause, and that became something of a national craze, that people would take pictures of the Grand Canyon doing it, people would take pictures in front of the Washington Monument doing it. It was called Tebowing. Timothy Tebow was born August 14, 1987, in Manila, Philippines, to Baptist missionary parents. The youngest of five children, Tim was homeschooled by his mother. Tim Tebow's faith is probably the primary driver in his life. Everything he does, he does because of his Christianity, and it's allowed him to, uh, to make an impact far beyond football. He was recruited to play for the University of Florida Gators. He led his team to a national championship and won the Heisman Trophy. Tim Tebow, as a college player, used to have Bible verses and the eye black under his eyes, and it's inspiring rule change that you weren't allowed to do that anymore. In the 2010 NFL Draft, Tebow was selected in the first round by the Denver Broncos. He led the team to the playoffs in 2011, where they lost to the New England Patriots. What was special in 2011 with Tebow is just, it was magical, because he'd stink up the game for three and a half quarters, and then at the end of the game, turn around and win it for the Broncos. His fourth quarter comebacks, his overtime wins, it became known as Tebow time. Anytime someone wins in a clutch position, that's what it is. Tebow's arrival to the Jets actually was one of the worst things that could happen to him as a player because in that New York market, he was scrutinized even more than he would have been anywhere else, and I think it hurt. After a disappointing season, Tebow was released by the Jets. The Jets couldn't figure out what to do with Tim Tebow, and uh, they didn't think he fit into any plans that they had. I'm not sure they had any plans for him, so they got rid of him. I mean, I think they did the service to Tebow. They did the service to their team and to their fans, so I think it was basically your lose, lose, lose situation. He was picked up by the Patriots in 2013. Off the field, Tebow runs a faith-based outreach program that works with children in need in both the United States and the Philippines. The remarkable thing about meeting Tim Tebow is you quickly realize that he's very genuine, he's very authentic, and he does wear his faith on his sleeve.
All right. Is it working now? All right. Thank you for that. Tim Tebow, uh, <clears throat> I like him. He got some good things to him. I'm going to use this as a springboard for what I want to talk about today. He has a platform. Tim Tebow did. And every time he would do something, <clears throat> um, it was always with Christianity involved, with his God involved, and I love that. Well, let's talk about some others who have platforms. How about Joseph? In the Old Testament, second only to Pharaoh, he said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. To save God's chosen people of the Israelites, Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph had a platform. How about Moses? God appeared to Moses in the burning bush and God said, I want you to go back into Egypt. And Moses said, how will the people know who, who yet you have sent me? God answered, I am who I am. Exodus 3.14 How will Pharaoh listen to me? Moses said. Because he said, who is the Lord that I should obey him? In Exodus 5 verse 2 <clears throat> He led the captives to their promised home. Moses had a platform. Yeah, when God called him what Moses do? I'm not eloquent. I can't talk. God, you know that. And God was angry. He said, okay, I'm going to send your brother with you. He could be your spokesman. But you, Moses, have a platform. How about Peter in Acts chapter 2? Taking his stand among the apostles there. And 3,000 became Christians that day. Peter had a platform. 3,000 were baptized into Christ that very day. How about our Lord Jesus? He spoke from a boat to those on shore. I mean, there are so many people around him, crowding him. He just got in the boat, went out a little ways in the water, and there he preached. He had a platform. And yet, that was in Matthew 13, and yet, one evening, after it got dark, he talked to Nicodemus in John 3. And he said, how can a man be born again? Jesus had a platform. I want us to use a verse at this time. That in Matthew 5, verse 13. Before we do that, let's look to God in prayer. Father, thank you for the time you spend here today. Thank you for the time you spend remembering your son and Lord's Supper. Thank you, God, we have time now to hear, to see what your word says. Help us, God, to open our hearts and our minds to our need to serve you better. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Matthew 5.13 in the message. Listen to this. Let me tell you why you are here. You ever ask that question? Why am I here? Here it is. 
You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? I love that. You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. <laughs> uh, let's, <clears throat> let's go back to uh, 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 maybe a normal translation. You are salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled <coughs> by men. What does salt do? What, uh, oh, how does it affect things? Let's talk about that today and, and, and put that into our platform. Who we are, where we are, what we're doing. We all have a platform as Tebow did or does. Salt purifies. <clears throat> That's one of its greatest properties. Within this culture and society, we are to be a purifying agent. Part of our vision statement is be a conscience in what? A community. Be a conscience in the community. That's what Christians are to be. We are we're sprinkled throughout workplaces and neighborhoods. Salt purifies. Salt also preserves. But if you if it doesn't come into contact with something that which has the potential of being contaminated, it doesn't preserve. Jesus says to love your neighbors. And pollsters report that 72% of Americans don't know their neighbors' first or last names. And were to be salt to help preserve people and we don't even know their names salt adds zest the Christian life is the most abundant life and the Lord himself says to the fullest live life to the fullest we can understand why you know if your eternity has been secured in heaven, we can handle all the temporary adversities down here. That's why there's a song out there that says, I have a hope, and my hope has a name, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? The reason I'm stressing this quality of salt, it seems to be lacking among some Christians. There's a t-shirt that says, if Jesus is in your heart, please notify your face. Yeah. Notify your face. At times, rather than being a vibrant collection of the saved, the church appears to be the frozen chosen. But you know, salt does add flavor and adds zest. Uh, how, how, how many of you here this morning like green beans? All right, all right. Now you tell me, does not salt add some zest to beans? Y'all agree? Yeah, it does. 
Otherwise, I tasted beans that were pretty nasty. And uh, yeah, well, salt adds some zest. Christians need to be the type of people we want to be around. Don't misunderstand this. I'm not talking about a certain personality temperament. I mean there is something exciting that attracts and enhances other people. Here's how that's done. Maybe you stand out by being willing to listen. You know, that's a special talent. Just to get with people and just be able to listen. And really listen. I mean, uh, just just listen to what they're saying. And we are to be add zest to life as salt because we maybe we're just a listener, or maybe you have a good sense of humor. Now I don't, but I lie pretty easily. It doesn't take much funny to make me laugh. I enjoy laughing. Maybe you're of that and people like to be around you because of that. Or, or maybe you sparkle and add zest because you're an encourager. You're a Barnabas to us. In the New Testament, Barnabas was called the encourager. Maybe you're one always looking for the good in situations. That is adding zest to life. And we need a lot of that. That's what it means to be salt. That's kind of bad, though. Robert Lloyd Stevenson. Stevenson, I said. Once wrote in his diary, I've been to church today, and I'm not depressed. Now, what did he just say? And sometimes he goes to church, and he leaves what? Depressed. Listen, salt adds zest. I don't know what your platform is today. I don't know where in particular you are, but I'm telling you something, you're salt. And you need to be adding zest to life and those around us. Let's go back to Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. That's all those is it's salt in us. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. There's a very powerful lesson here. It says that if you lose your distinctiveness, you're worthless. Jesus is saying... You are to be distinctive and different. And yes, because of that, you're going to take some hits. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. The Lord also says to leave them and stay away. Don't touch the unclean thing and I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. We may be able to see another video clip. Uh, Tim Tebow. Lloyd just informed me that they have taken that off YouTube. 
And I'm telling you why. Because our T-bills stand for what's right. They stand for God. He has a platform. I still want to see that. It's good. But <clears throat> let's look at this. The salt of the earth. It loses its saltiness. What are you talking about? Well, here's the picture you need to see. In Palestine, the ordinary oven is placed outdoors and is built of stone on a base of tiles. In such ovens, in order to retain the heat, a thick bed of salt is laid underneath the tiled floor. After a certain length of time, the salt is destroyed. The tiles are taken up, the salt removed, and thrown out on the road outside the door of the oven. And it's lost its power to heat the tiles. And it's thrown out. That's an interesting analogy to me. Can no longer do this. It's thrown out. Salt creates thirst. You all agree with that? Uh, try eating just a plain uh, saltine cracker by itself. Without taking a drink, I almost die. Uh, I may start coughing, and sometimes I get the hiccups, and all kinds of stuff. What? Well, I gotta have some water. Well, that salt, and it creates thirst. Our young salesman was disappointed about losing a big sale. As he talked with his manager, he lamented. I guess it proves you can't lead a horse to water. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. The manager replied, son, take my advice. Your job isn't to make him drink. Your job is to make him thirsty. So it is with evangelism. Our life, my life, your life. Should be so filled with Christ then they cause those, that we cause those around us to be thirsty for God. When was the last time you made somebody thirsty for the good news? All right, that's what it's all done. I'm going to answer the question then is, what is our platform? Where are we in our platform? Hear me, please. God has put you where He wants you to be. The home, the place you work, the school you attend. I believe the choices have been ours, but the Lord wants us to be salt where we are needed. Sometimes people say, well, it was not my desire to be here. But friend, maybe, just maybe, it was God's desire to put you there. For a purpose. There's a need there. We need to be salt. We have a platform. It doesn't make a difference where we are. <coughs> you know, the home Probably the most 
the easiest place to evangelize. And yet sometimes we fail at that. The place we work, there's people all around us that need salt. They need God. Uh, are you and I living <coughs> in a way that attracts people to God? Well now, <clears throat> okay. All these people have their platforms. You and I have our platform. Now, but how do we go about this? <clears throat> how, how are we going to go about doing this job? Number one, pray for opportunities. Every new day are new opportunities. We can pray, God, please bring someone into my path that I can be salt too. I, I, I believe you and I as Christians need to be praying every single day. God, this morning, today, please bring me in contact with somebody I can influence, I can be salt to, I can help somebody come to you. Here's a saying. We ought to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. We pray about people. Are there people in your sphere, in your platform, that you're praying for? God, here's this person. I don't know what I'm going to say or how I'm going to do it, but would you please help me be salt to that person today? We ought to talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. And this always bothers me because I ask my, myself the question after I pray this prayer, what am I going to say? What am I going to say to this person? What can I say or what can I do that will show them God? What can I do? My answer is this. <laughs> I don't even try to think of something to say. Your desire and my desire are so strong. And we prayed to God Almighty about it. Listen. The Spirit will help you with the right words. Number two we need to do. Build friendships. Roberta Cain said this. I've discovered that most people will come to love us before they come to love our Savior. They come to love us before they come to love the Savior. Christians and non-Christians have something in common. Uh, this, this person said, we both are uptight about evangelism. Whoa. I just lit up up here on that technology. Alright, where was I? Christians and non-Christians have something in common. Becky, this lady said, we're both uptight about evangelism. Christians are afraid of offending, while non-Christians are afraid of being assaulted. Here's how we do it. Here's a very easy way to bring about a conversation. Just ask the simple question to anybody 
So what's your view of the Bible? You're going to get an answer. You're going to get an answer. What's your view of the Bible? Then, as they are talking, answering that question, find some common interests and points you can agree on. Hey, you know, that's right. I, I, that's right. I think, I think the same thing. And guess what you can do then? Lead them to the Word of God. Now, <clears throat> part two of this. Hear me. Stress a relationship, not a religion. Watch your view of the Bible. And they say something, okay, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree with that. But you know what? This is what Jesus Christ has done for me. That's talking about relationship, not a religion. And I really believe that's what needs to happen today. Right? We've got a platform. We have to be salt to people. That's how you do it. Pray for opportunities. Build, build friendships. Charlie <coughs> worked as a crossing guard back in the days of the railroad when they didn't have automatic signals to protect vehicles at crossings. At night, Charlie would sit. And when a train was coming, he lighted his lantern and waved it to alert the motorist. One night, Charlie fell asleep on the job. He awakened to the sound of an oncoming train and immediately he saw that headed for the intersection was a car. Charlie grabbed his lantern and began waving it. But the automotive, auto driver didn't see it. Drove right into the path of the train. The entire family died in that car because of the accident. Weeks later, there was an investigation in the court hearing where Charlie was questioned and eventually cleared. But following the trial, Charlie became very despondent and aloof. One of his friends tried to encourage him to get him out on, on with his life. What's wrong, Charlie? You were cleared. You know you told the truth. So what's troubling you? Charlie said, you're right. I answered every question truthfully. But there's one question they never asked. They never asked me if the light was on in my lantern. You get the point? We do all kinds of church things. And we do all kinds of going here and doing this, all kinds of activities. I'm not knocking them. I love it. <clears throat> but is the light on with other people? We might be waving the lantern out here, but is it on? Can people see? Be warned. You have a platform. So do I. Tim Tebow had a platform, and so do you. A lot of activity, but no light on. And I can't spend time to stop and talk to someone. Too busy to take time for that. My question is, 
Is your light on? Is it? How are we doing on our... Okay, let, let's try it. And, and, and then we'll close out from there. It's going to be a little bit weird. better because you get to actually see that they beat Chicago. We're fortunate enough in many weeks to be dealt some nifty soundtracks from games played earlier in the football season, but this one, I mean, totally different. Then again, what the Denver Broncos are doing behind young Tim Tebow is really totally different as well. Last week's overtime win at Mile High over Chicago was seemingly more amazing than the heart-stopping wins in previous weeks. Now, if you give us your attention and your ears for the next 10 minutes, we think you'll agree. You get a second, I got a kid over there. See the little the tiny blue shirt? Okay. Say hey to him. A little kid right there? Yeah, right there. Yeah. All right. What's up, my man? How you doing? Yeah, you having fun? I like it, man. You don't have to get out of me. It's a game football right there. I like it, man. Yeah? You remember me, me and you at Florida? I remember. Absolutely. How you, how, you been having fun? Has Liz been taking care of you? Yeah? You having a good time? You think we're going to win today? Yeah. I hope so. All right, man. You be rooting us on, all right? All right. I'll look forward to seeing you after the game. All right, buddy? All right. See you, man. Both teams in need of a victory. Both teams 7-5. and five. Broncos have won five straight. The Bears have dropped their last two. Ah, how are those? Good? Our God is an awesome God. Here it from heaven above, where we're. Let's go today, baby. Let's believe the whole day, all right, man? That's what we do. God's always got a plan. Let's do it, baby. Let's go, guys. Let's have a great one, all right? Stick together, all 60 minutes. 180! Lights up!
Erlacher came, and so he was outside, so I, then I tried to cut back. Brian Erlacher is not even thinking about the dive play. He is just going directly to Tim Tebow, and I think as you watch the Bears figure out their strategy in stopping this offense. Hey, you been back to Florida anytime lately? I'm a fisherman. You remember when you came to practice? What's up, Pep? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? How are you? I'm good, dog. Yeah. What up, Lance Briggs? What's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing, brother? I look forward to playing you for a long time, man. I love watching you, brother. Yes, sir, man. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Charles Tillman's not as big as I thought. Charles Tillman, you might be able to go up over him, too, you know? Why did he? Why did he Stands in the pocket, looks around, ducks around, gives some ground, now running for his knife to his left. Tim's going to uh, throw the ball as he runs out of bounds. Ball's going to be intercepted by Charles Tillman. Wow. An unbelievable interception inside the Chicago 25. I think Tebow was trying to throw that ball away. Did he push you or what? I throw that ball way out of bounds, Dave. There's no point throwing it anywhere near your receiver in that case. Did he get the signal? Did you ask him to get the no, signal? No, he did not get the signal. All right, settle down. Hold your shit. Follow me? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Score us here in Denver. Huh? What'd you say? I said lucky, man. Lucky. I was lucky. You know that too, man. Y'all got a lucky one. Good point. Let's go, baby. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Come on. White 80. White There he goes. Set by Julius Peppers. Wow, Peppers came fast. White 80. White Hey, let's just focus on getting one first down, find a way to get a first down. We'll get the mo going, all right? What is up? And this is what you see on TikTok. Buying time, you gotta have plaster coverage, and you gotta do it for a length of period. What is up? Third down of 15. Protection starts to break. Tim steps up, and now he's gonna run. This will be a Denver first down, and it is. Erlacher kind of popped me outside, didn't he? I didn't get to see. I just seen you the first down. I just stopped looking. Oh, good run. Pull on that rock. I was trying, bro. I was trying on my pretty life. I like three guys are like, oh. Are you all right? Yeah. Kind of. No, I'm fine. Yeah. You didn't face me at all. Fine. Yeah, I'm fine. It's hurting more than I am. Snap handing off Robert. Sliding through tackles. Breaks one. Running left to the Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a football game. 
Let's do that, my friend. 57-yard try. Kicked by Robbie Gold. It has the distance and the direction. It is good. And the Bears lead the Broncos 10-0. We can't, we can't just wait and wait for the opportunities. We gotta do it now. Hey, let's have a great tempo here, all right? Denver's down 10 0 with 3.11 to go. You need to be in the no huddle here. You need to throw the football. Don't go away just yet. Tim steps up. He can run. Tim's at the 10. Throws. Pass caught. Demarius Thomas. Touchdown, Denver. Two minutes left in this one. 10 7 Chicago. Denver is without a timeout. They run counter left side. Marion Barber patiently rolls to the sideline and he's forced out of bounds. What a dumb move by Marion Barber. Denver will get the ball back. Let's go do this thing, all right, buddy? About 50 seconds and no timeout. So you've got to navigate 40 yards. Tebow has, he throws, caught by Willis. Willis has it at the 42-yard line of the Bears. Like it. Come on, go. And stop the clock with eight seconds to go. It's going to be Matt Prater time. I've been leaving. I've Thank been you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 59 yards to tie the game. Snap placement. Prater has it on its way. He's got plenty of distance. It is good. <laughs> Broncos scored twice in the final 208. And we are headed into overtime. Hey, Coach Fox. Same deal. <laughs> Now inside the Denver 40 to the 38. Hand off Murray Barber right side. Big hole. Barber has the ball. Fumble is free. Denver's got the football. Barber never saw him coming. First turnover of the game by Chicago. What is up? Tim in the pocket. He sets, throws. Pass is going to be caught. Demarius Thomas at the Bears' 40 first down. Tim breaks the paint, jumps up inside, tries to run away from Erlacher, does, breaks a tackle, and he's down to the 34. Matt Prater can win it. 41-yard line, an attempt of 51 yards. Snap, placement, Prater with plenty of leg on the way, and it is over! Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, Lord! Yeah! Yeah! Way to believe, baby. Way to believe, baby. Turn all about. You gotta believe every day. Great job, baby. Great job. Good job, man. Good job, man. Way to go, baby. Way to go. Good job, man. 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 Tim Tebow on the platform, and he's using it. That's how he does it.
He encourages. He encourages. He talks to people. Sings terribly. But he's got a platform. My question for you today is where God has put you is your light on? Are you being salt to those around you? Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, after we have prayer, we have some discussion questions up here. And you all have to answer the first one. The first question is, are you a better singer than Tim Tebow? <laughs> all right, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for giving us an example to look to and to use in our life. Thank you for saving us from our sins today. Thank you for coming and dying on the cross, being coming our Lord and Savior. Thank you for each one who's here today. Bless us. Bless them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.